Hello, this is Fiona, one of the co-hosts of the DMs Book Club, a weekly book club podcast where we read about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role-playing campaigns. In this episode, I got a chance to talk to freelance game designer, author, and professional DM Kat Kruger about her latest work, How to Be More D&D, Face Your Dragons, Be More Adventurous, and Live Your Best Geeky Life. Kat has an incredible list of gaming and writing credits to her name having worked for Hasbro, Wizard of the Coast, and Larian Studios. In the tabletop world, Kat is best known as the Dungeon Master on the family-friendly actual play podcast D20 Dames. Their newest campaign, Wanderleaf, just started earlier this year, and I can highly recommend checking it out, especially if you've got younger players at the table who want to play. How to Be More D&D invites fantasy lovers and fans of Dungeons & Dragons to celebrate and incorporate different elements of this iconic tabletop game into their lives. Published by Running Press, readers will learn how to take the skills, knowledge, and sense of adventure from their D&D campaigns to help them better understand everything, from how they interact with the world around them to facing the random events that life sometimes throws at us. Whether it's building your real-life character, discovering your ideal class and strengths, or simply using role-playing techniques to your advantage, How to Be More D&D explores how to enjoy the campaign known as life and is the perfect gift for any tabletop gamer or D&D fan. Honestly, How to Be More D&D is a brilliant read and one which I thoroughly enjoyed reading over and over again. And it was an absolute blast to talk to Kat about her work and be able to signal boost D20 Dames and How to Be More D&D in some small way on this podcast. This book has something for everyone, so I highly recommend checking it out. How to Be More D&D will be out late August 2022 and you can pick up your copy from your local bookshop. You can find links to How to Be More D&D, D20 Dames and Kat's other work in this episode description. Thanks again. And I hope you enjoy. We'll just start off really nice and simply. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you and what do you do? Of course. Uh, I'm Kat Kruger. I'm, let's see, what do I do? I'm a freelance narrative game designer uh, at my own company, Steampunk Unicorn Studio. I do freelance game design for companies like, I've worked for Hasbro, Wizards of the Coast, uh, Larian, all sorts of uh, like third-party D&D publishers. I'm also an author. I've written a number of uh, young adult novels. I, I have a series and uh, and a movie adaptation. And um, I'm also <laughs> the dungeon master at uh, D20 Dames, which is an actual play D&D family-friendly podcast. Look at that resume. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Cause yeah, because you've got over uh, 10 years experience of doing this sort of thing, haven't you? So, yeah. like, how did you get into, like, writing in general? I guess that's the place to start, because I assume then game design comes a little bit later as well. Absolutely, yeah. I have o- pretty much always known that I've wanted to be a writer. I think... Uh... I think my story starts with uh, reading uh, those little Mr. books, Little Mr. Happy. The Mr. Men and Little Mrs. Yeah. Little Mr. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Men books. My story starts there where I read that book and I thought, this is so cool. And I realized that people actually get paid to write books like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that realization happened, I just started sort of writing my own little stories. I had like... <laughs> I recruited my little sister to do illustrations for uh, a literal in-house newspaper mm-hmm. uh, with, <laughs> with a print run of one. Um, <laughs> hey, it's a, a limited edition, I think you'll find. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I started there and I did a lot of like home 
uh, home projects uh, of that sort. And then I got into, I think it was grade three, I went to a Scholastic book fair and they had Code Your Own Text Adventure book. Mm. So I got into uh, coding that and then I started writing my own text adventures, which I coded as well. Mm. And then, you know, throughout junior high and high school, um, I did a lot of um, theater and playwriting. And then I sort of like fell off of the writing track because I didn't know what my future really was because being an author is not something that you're generally able to do uh, without having other jobs. Yeah. Um, and that is where I found myself uh, struggling. So I did a lot of um, novel writing in my free time as I was working various other non uh, non-writing related jobs not, but uh, yeah, essential jobs but not that it's, it doesn't allow you to thrive per se but allows you to survive yes yeah. exactly and eventually I I got fed up with you know low wages inability to um, be in a work environment that I really enjoyed and so I went back to school and got a degree in public relations, mm-hmm. um, which is a different kind of writing. Mm-hmm. And at about a week before I graduated from uh, university, I got a job at the Canadian Broadcasting Company uh, Corporation, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. <laughs> uh, and I so I got a, a, a job there as a sort of like a, an arts journalist slash uh, social media um producer at a time when social media didn't even really have a name I worked there for a number of years uh and while I was working there I worked on my first novel um which was a a werewolf urban fantasy sci-fi mm-hmm. sort of uh trilogy it wound up being a trilogy um mm-hmm. it uh, I entered it into a a competition on the east coast of Canada and it wound up winning um and hey. then I thought okay Maybe, Maybe I can make make a go of this. <laughs> we'll see. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it actually it it did pretty well. Like uh, the rights sold to Random House in Germany, so I got a three book deal there, uh, mm-hmm. along with a small with um, a small print in uh, print run in Canada um, and the U.S. After that, I was invited as a guest to Halcon Science Fiction and Fantasy Convention uh, in Halifax, where I was living at the time mm-hmm. in Canada, and I had a I was assigned a personal assistant and she happened to also be the personal assistant of a guest from Wizards of the Coast who was the program specialist for Dungeons and Dragons at which point we we met at a, a like a social mm-hmm. um, in the evening and uh, we talked about Dungeons and Dragons and how although I devoured all the Dragonlance books as a tween mm. um, I had never played the right. game Mm-hmm. And so his job at the convention was to teach people how to play because uh, fifth edition was coming out. Mm-hmm. So he put together a tutorial for the next day, played it. I absolutely loved the game. Um, yeah. And it was just an hour and a half. And mm-hmm. it just blew my mind, all the storytelling potential of D&D. Mm-hmm. And I ran with it. I got yeah. a starter set. I... <laughs> Uh, started to DM a home game. I started teaching at a, a youth uh, creative learning institute for youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started teaching creative writing uh, through Dungeons and Dragons. And then eventually I just ran Dungeons and Dragons for, for them. <laughs> uh, and then the following year, 
Chris, he came back and I came back as a, a guest at Halcon and we hit it off in a different way. And that is our little meet cute that I talk about at the start of how to be TNT. I know. <laughs> how to be more TNT. It's again, and you, you've said like obviously that you, you, and, and obviously no shame at all that like, coming to a game like this later on in life. Because I feel like sometimes there is like maybe this this persona or there's this view of it like oh we look at all these young people in early things like enjoying themselves. But I, I too was the one who came to it late as well, and it was just it's like that light bulb moment going. Oh, it's not just calculators. It's not just you know. It's not this this negative in quotation marks mm-hmm. view of it. So I totally appreciate you when you, you were just like, yeah, it just it just works as it just sort of opens up to you. And like an hour and a half, that's all it takes, isn't it? So suddenly, just like it's your new obsession is not the right word, but your new passion, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, getting into it. So I I, I completely appreciate it because the same thing happened to me just coming to it later. Then a couple of years down the line, I have two podcasts related to role playing games because of that storytelling potential. Yeah. So just going back to your writing in general then, so where do you look for inspiration when you're, I, I know obviously we'll go on to uh, how to be more D&D, but when, you, when you're when you writing or thinking of adventures to run, where are you looking for inspiration? A lot of the times it's it's pop culture. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of, you know, Marvel and Star Wars and, you know, a lot of pop culture movies. And I think that when I write some of my adventures, it, it's it's drawn from that. It's also drawn from a lot of uh, world mythology. Um, mm-hmm. I particularly have a fascination with uh, like fairy tales and fractured fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you when you see a lot of my work on uh, the DM skilled, um, there's quite a lot of inspiration from uh, world mythologies, but if you look at my work with D20 Dames, uh, especially at the live shows that we do, it's generally based on some sort of pop culture reference. I've done everything from Fast and the Furious to Untitled <laughs> Goose Game. Like, oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's just like whatever I think would be a fun, you know, hat tip to uh, mm-hmm. to something that I think is easy to understand for the general population. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a fun way of having a live show because we don't have any expectation that people coming to the live show know who D20 Dames are and have followed the podcast throughout. So, you know, having these little like touch points of, you know, a movie or a video game or something else that people can just really easily latch on to. I think that's really fun. Yeah. And as well, like for me, something that's very unique about the way you play and the way you DM as well is that, again, not advertise, but you sort of present yourself as a a family friendly show Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I find really interesting because a lot of Dungeons & Dragons games and streams aren't necessarily friendly to young adults or or children, Mm -hmm. but Obviously, lots of children do watch it. So I, I'm guessing that was a very conscious choice. And what do you do to make your shows family friendly? What do you keep at the forefront of your mind when you're when you're DMing, I guess? It, it is really interesting because when we first started off, we we thought we were going to be like the rat queens. I don't know if you're familiar yes, with that graphic. I so love it's the like, rat queens. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So Jen Vaughn and I got together and we had this idea where it was going to be very rat queens, like rough and tumble, femme, you know, and they curse a lot. There's a lot of violence, but then we got the group together and one of the very early conversations we had was, well, this is going to go onto podcast sites like iTunes. Mm -hmm. Do we want the explicit tag on it or not? Mm -hmm. We decided no. Mm -hmm. And that completely changed how Mm -hmm. we played. And from that moment on, it was, we made a very conscious effort to make it 
family friendly. For the first campaign, the Good Fortune fa- campaign, which just came to an end after yes. four years, four a, a years, while ago. incredible! Yeah. <laughs> oh, congratulations! That's yeah, that, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, so that that one there, I think, is probably more PG to PG thirteen if we're looking at like movie and th- that sort of rating, because I think we were still trying to, you know, we we said it was family friendly, but we didn't really like think about in rating terms like what the what the content would be we knew like swearing was out yeah and that you know we wouldn't have um, a lot of adult situations but you know they still do you know the characters are legal drinking age so you know they they go to taverns and have right beverages and some of the content can be a little bit uh i guess scary for very young children mm-hmm. um but when we moved on to the new Wanderleaf campaign, which just started um, in June of this year, we sat down and we said, we want this to be kid friendly, not just family friendly. Mm -hmm. We want it also to be new learner friendly. And that changed the dynamic a little bit as well. It's Mm -hmm. still, we still have a lot of the heart of D20 Dames in there. It's just, we're very much more aware that we're not going to have, you know, drinking as part of it. Mm. Um, there's not going to be as, uh, like there was, there was some elements of like horror in the first campaign, um, and it's not going to be as dark. Just going from that family friendly aspect. And then now you seem to the kid friendly stuff. I think this, that was sort of in the era, if you don't mind saying of the rise of session zero, whereas I think beforehand we hadn't really spoken about it until recently. And it's what I assume and still do to an extent. And I, I'm trying to unlearn it myself is that, oh, family friendly is no swearing. But as you've rightly pointed out, it's not going to taverns all the time, not being in adult situations, getting rid of the horror and the aspect of it as well. So mm-hmm. the fact you've made it sort of so customizable. One thing I do want to say on your new campaign, Wanderleaf, that I love how you top and tail each episode with an explanation of rules, because that is such an important thing that is missing from so many RPG streams in general, not just D&D. Like, it's all very well. You're like, oh, you roll a dice, but what does that mean? Yeah. Even just talking about the main dice mechanics, like, hey, they're going to roll a D20 and then they're going to add modifiers. But, and at the end as well, so in case they if people have gone, if it's a long session, it's so useful. And I think a lot of streams and streamers don't do that because it just there's an assumption that people will have this knowledge. Whereas, as you said, people can pick up on it, but you need to signpost it. So I, I, as a big kudos to, to you and your team but I, I assume that comes from your communication skills and background as well you're like we need to we need to communicate this at least seven times so that people actually get what we're talking about <laughs> yeah I think I think it's part uh, public relations but I think it's also part like having a like a preschooler and you know being at an age where he's starting to you know mm-hmm. he's got like full sentences and is enjoying numbers and I foresee D&D or some sort of, of game course in his future and I think uh the timing of that is just it just worked really well because I I feel like part of it is like well how do we help new learners and how do we help actually help young kids Mm. understand what's going on when somebody says they're rolling a d20 or you know recently we talked about what actions are and you know I I'm very thankful that uh it's being appreciated I I appreciate the the kind words that you just uh (laughs) said about it because I like it was I, I don't know if it was a risk, but it was, you know, something that, like you say, it hasn't been done. Mm. And if it hasn't been done before, we're sort of like, 
trying out this new space and right. is it working is it too much information mm -hmm. so we we tried to like like find a good balance um mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the feedback that we're getting has been really positive and yeah. i'm really glad that we gave it a try yeah it's tricky is it because again exactly what you said like you say oh well the standard dnd stream or rpg stream is this and it has to look like this and it has to work like this because that's what the audience is expecting and yeah any change like that you're worrying that you're going to lose people stuff like that but i i come from a, a content creation background myself for a university and my god it is you know when i have to tell people like hey your, your hour-long lecture no one's watching that anymore <laughs> you have to chunk it you have to do little bits of intros and it's really easy you just need to it's just a little bit more planning up the front but yeah there is, but people are scared people don't want to take the risk that i've always done it like this and i've had no complaints and it's like yes because nobody's watched it uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's no complaints in let's get to the heart of this matter then let's talk about how to be more dnd &D, which might as a book finally arrived which i was very very excited for oh, so wonderful what is how to be more dnd &D, and why should folks check it out how to be more dnd is basically it's a book for fans of dnd whether you've played it or not and it's written with both humor and a lot of research Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of like a, a self-help book. So I think a lot of self-help style, uh, self-help readers would find value in this as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it has a little bit of a different twist because it's it's how to approach life using the skills that you have from D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And it's also about finding a sense of adventure in your life and I think, you know, more specifically, you know, I can talk about, you know, like I've got things in the book, like rolling for random acts of kindness. Uh, yes. That is something that is, you know, it's a movement that many people take part in. But if you don't know where to start, I thought, you know, random yeah. table, roll a d20. <laughs> yeah, and wizards love their tables, don't they? <laughs> From every yes. single book. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating, uh, very easy to read and very, Wonderful. like I said, incredibly well written as well. And again, I know obviously you've got your story peppered throughout it as well. And I think for me, when I was reading it, it, it really enshrined what I love about D&D &D and that what I want to get across to people, not just with this podcast, but when I talk to people, when I go see my other adult friends who aren't into role-playing games. Because again, it feels like a book that is for people who feel that they've maybe missed out on D&D hype per se, and they're, like, they're not so sure. And being saying like this, you can transfer skills. I mean, that's all, I know that's a lot of like work talk going, oh, if you do this, you can do it in work and you can transfer these skills and stuff. But there's so much of this, like comparing the elements of D&D &D and how it can enhance parts of life not a one-to-one -one translation like uh, mm -hmm. i know what you say about it's simple things like you know i, I what i appreciate with this book is obviously you've split it up into four parts uh you know one about sort of the general sort of stuff the, the player classes and the adventuring like i love the, the one of the titles was like when adventure comes knocking and i'm like oh <laughs> so true but i think my one of my favorite parts of it is the part about being the dm of your own life mm -hmm. it's one thing i find uh, and, and maybe you find it as well is that when i talk to other dungeon masters and other game masters sometimes they are the forever dm they are the forever gm because mm -hmm. a lot of players are, are worried and scared that if they do it if they try it they can't go back and they they don't have the knowledge they don't have the capacity to do it so i quite appreciate how you obviously come the player stuff they're like hey why don't you trance it and try try and be even more of a dm and because you you do it so well it's about is that taking charge and taking like the reins and just just getting a little bit out of your comfort zone you don't have to go all the way so i really yeah. appreciate the, the splitting up of the of the book in that way yeah it was very helpful um to have a, a publisher and editor who mm. worked very closely with me on uh coming up with the with the outline for for the book 
a lot of that is is thanks to is thanks to her. So when you were approached to to write this book, then where did you start? Like, because obviously you sort of got the structure, so to say, and you said you did a little bit of research for it. So where did you look for for research when doing this particular book? Well, after we came up with the outline, I did a lot of, like I said, I have a degree in public relations, so a lot of a lot of my education was in social studies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I drew a lot from communication styles. Um, was yes. a big part of it because I think with D&D communication is really key and I think in real life communication is also pretty key <laughs> so I st- that was one of the 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 areas that I tried to focus on and just like general social studies on like person-to-person interaction um and and that sort of thing and I think also I looked at um I tried to find a really fun way of encapsulating uh class personalities and then how yes. class personalities interact with each other and i wound up doing a lot of research in horoscopes uh so i tried oh, to like map it all out so that each player class uh is a uh, sort of similar in a mm. lot of ways to horoscope uh, zodiac signs yeah you, you sort of go through and say like well these are the classes that are compatible with you but there are some that are compatible with you and that's and to map that onto other people it might be that you are too similar or you're too opposite which i was like oh that's so true and yeah. it's interesting again that communication style stuff you're talking about so like that you know aggressive affirmative passive and passive aggressive man i wish the whole of the like reddit the D <laughs> forum read <laughs> that section because i think a lot of that problems like oh this player said this and like if you've read this book <laughs> and then just like everyone's going to be affirmative and stop being passive aggressive or aggressive and then yeah problems are solved <laughs> yeah i think it's it's one of those things even when i was looking back at it i was like i should really take note of this for myself because it's easy to fall fall into some of the communication traps if you don't practice it yeah. And if you're not like conscious of the decisions that you make sometimes. Especially, I guess, as well, because now we're in a sort of weird hybrid sort of thing. So like many people are playing online. Some people might be playing in, going back to playing in person. Mm-hmm. And being online, you can miss so many nonverbal cues as well. So yeah. having to be like, okay, I need to be over communicating to an extent, to like be that affirmative stuff, because otherwise people won't know. And so, so I just, yeah, I just felt that communication section was actually, I was like, oh, this is so important. I need to, again, I put a big note in it going, use this for the next game. <laughs> just like, <laughs> do you have a particular favorite section that you enjoyed writing or a particular exercise? Because quite a lot of the book, you have little sidebars, little like almost like mini quests, like you've mentioned one before, sort of the sort of rolling for support, which I know was the sort of the vibe by sort of the 80s animated sort of classes yes. uh, coming through. Am I particular favorite which i'm going to just take from you already is uh, uh tasha's uh sort of yeah. agony aunt because i was like yes of course she would have a voice in this and she i would love her as my aunt she'd probably not be entirely helpful but it, i just her voice was so beautiful in this oh my gosh i'm so glad you said that because that actually is my favorite part yes. that was that was so <laughs> fun to write and it was i sort of felt like you know when i was talking to my publisher about it i i said do you think we can a use the 80s characters for mm. this sidebar and then can we use tasha's and it all had to get vetted through through wizards because it's their ip so mm-hmm. she just said go for it and you know yeah. worst cases we don't it doesn't get published so get in and you just have it for yourself oh no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they were happy with it and i was happy that yeah. they were happy with it so uh yeah the tasha's i i actually wish i could have um been able to squeeze in a few more 
of those sidebars because they were so fun to write. Yeah, I, I, I felt like this is a column coming up at some point, whether you do it independently of Wizards <laughs> or not. I would love to see like a weekly column from Tasha because she's such an iconic character anyway. She's obviously, as she's been brought back in the last couple of years, even though she's always been around. And I just, she's just so cool. And, yeah. and now they've got rid of that sort of like, oh, evil, evil stuff. Like in, in general, she's like just a, a badass and we need yeah. more badass women then presenting people in general. So to have her commenting on your problems, but also solving them, but also solving <laughs> quotes, like quotations. air quotes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I loved. I, I loved. I know this is now going very, very niche, and I appreciate the book's not coming out for a little bit at time of recording. But I loved like the first one was like I'm an IT person, but uh, in real life, but I you know want to be a barbarian. And and Tasha's like, well, I was also once an it girl, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, amazing. Because again, I just because now I can just visualize this very well-rounded character, and like, oh, she doesn't she doesn't get it. But you know what? It doesn't matter. She's 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 Aunt Tasha. She's she's you know weird Aunt Tasha, and I don't mind that. <laughs> You said about that, yeah, you've got quite a few tables, including this, the random acts of kindness one, but you also included random acts of sort of self-kindness as well. Uh, And and that's something I haven't seen before. And you do focus on a little bit about self-care and that the, obviously I know the the quote of like um, self-care is a free action and stuff like that. And it's, it's interesting because you you do talk about you know because D and D and most RPG games there are collaborative storytelling things and you, you, you there's a great quote again you said that D and D ultimately is about friendship but a lot of times you know sometimes it's very hard to meet like minded people certainly if you're getting older mm-hmm. uh, like meeting people with hobbies and stuff and I just that idea of like the solo adventurer and you can do stuff and you can say but you know what if you go to the bookstore and you you know you you, you ask the person at the bookstore, hey, do you have a club or something like that? And just those little things to sort of branch out. Again, it just felt so, it's such a small thing, but it's actually, I, I, I had a thought to myself, I was like, without the people I'm with now doing the role-playing and doing the d and I'd actually find it really hard to make friends. So I just thought that was just really interesting how d d is, to make friends, you have to sort of push yourself out a little bit, but taking those little steps. And it just was just interesting the way you sort of, that act of self-kindness, uh, be kind to yourself. You should also push yourself out a little bit of your comfort zones. I just thought that was a really nice little balance you did there. I think part of it was, it was really helpful. One of the helpful things about being in the middle of a pandemic is that you start thinking about things like this, um, mm-hmm. like how, how important self-care is. And because I wrote, I wrote this book, you know, in the midst of it last year, yeah. um, in the spring of last year. And it was an important point, but it, I think it's also having taught D&D mm-hmm. um, and seeing how remarkable it is as a, as a social tool, as a, yeah. a healing tool, as a, as a tool that, you know, can help people find their voices. I, I wanted to somehow bring that into this book. And I think this self-care part um, yeah. is where I found that. Really? very unique thing i think i i don't I haven't seen any other self guides or self help books that do that s- to this extent that in each chapter obviously you talk about some aspect of sort of a player sheet and at the end of it you have this sort of fill out your player sheet as you are now which yeah. is very scary when you're like oh no <laughs> but i think it's it's again it's that self reflection stuff like you know you go through it and it's like okay you've read about this now now apply it to yourself mm-hmm. and i just thought i appreciate you know like the design of it is very it's beautiful but i just just thought that that's such a cool way of just like 
enhancing and and sort of going over that learning. So you are, we are putting in practice and just having a think and sitting with it. And again, another quote that that, so it's like that sitting with that disappointment before saying now what and moving on. Yeah. And so I just yeah, lots of little things like that peppered throughout. I thought that was just really interesting. And yeah, I, I hadn't seen that character or that sort of self reflection. That's sort of like a full on character sheet or something like that. But it was tied with every chapter. It was really interesting. Yeah, that was something I think we came to a little bit later um, as I was writing it. It just made sense that, you know, you're writing, you know, writing a, a D&D sort of self-help book. And if you're the character in your life, then you need a character sheet. And mm -hmm. how does that apply to all these other chapters? And yeah, just very fortunate to have a, a publisher and, you know, designer Wizards of the Coast just being so on board with yeah. doing things that were that are a little bit outside the box, and I, I yes. really appreciate like the the confluence of all, of all of that. Yeah, I can imagine it's a more stringent RPG, like maybe IP would be like, no, you have to do it in this comical style, etc. Mm -hmm. But that's the one thing again with your writing. Not only is it easy to read, but there is definitely a heart in there. The way you sort of describe the different bits about like, hey, go out if you're concerned, but also burnout is a thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do take. Unpaid medical leave. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, amazing. And yeah, that just that almost normalizing mental health stuff in a way that I feel is very much like, again, that easy read, but also it is in DD elements and quotation marks, but it's just like, oh, this makes sense. Again, having that transition between like, here's what it, it could be in DD terms, but like, how do you give that to your normal life and making sure you have those long rests, having, you know, making sure that, you know, you take time for yourself and those sort of like little self pursuits and stuff. What part of the book did you find the most challenging to write? Which I know is a very <laughs> horrible, hard question. Was there any part that you were like, you you struggled on just because you couldn't find the right words or you were tr struggling to find inspiration on as well? It probably would have been an easier book to write if I had just been completely tongue-in-cheek about <laughs> everything. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> however, so I guess the challenging part was that, you know, I wanted there to be real actionable content um throughout yes. the book and not not just to sort of have the tongue-in-cheek advice from you know someone who is in the DD community that was the biggest challenge of like doing all the hard research to find yeah. the social studies touch points that i could bring in from communications and interpersonal relations and then you know mapping it uh you know not one-to-one like we've said, uh, yeah. to D&D. &D. Um, mm. So it was sort of, that was the challenge. I also, because I don't really follow uh, Zodiacs really closely, I had yeah. to do, I had to do deep dive into mm. horoscopes and, and sort of see, like, bring out the aspects of, of each of the classes and, and see how I could um, work with that as a as sort of like a, a guide post. Mm -hmm. um, so those were, those are probably the, the, the most challenging aspects like I didn't sure. want this to be a fluff book <laughs> and, it, and it certainly is not at all again I know I keep I keep giving you positive praise which I appreciate can be incredibly awkward but I think for me because it was such an easy read like I reread this again oh. this morning and it's like 150 nice. pages oh my gosh but but that that shows to me as someone who does create content that a lot of work went into this to make it that easy read to see so if people could pick it up and like read the chapter and be like oh I learned something and have an actual thing and not worry about like how often all these sentences got rewritten how this chapter got revised all that sort of thing and I, it is an absolute skill for any writer to be able to to do something like that and I guess maybe that's something again you talked before about when you you wrote for young adult novels as well I know they are they have a certain style to make it easy to read as well so maybe there's that in as well but yeah I just I, I when I read it I was like it makes sense 
I've read it in an hour and a half. That, that there's some skill here that I have, I will never possess in any. any oh my form. gosh! <laughs> Thank you. So, so I can only imagine how much love uh, and effort and blood and sweat and tears went into this book. So no, I appreciate it. So what to you then is sort of the most important elements of good game design or good writing, whether it is writing for for D anD D or just writing in general? I think like if I if I was going to come at it from a very general writing tip uh it would be being as concise as possible and i think that is the one course that i am so thankful that i had in all of my public relations education was actually the journalistic writing class because yeah. you have so few words yeah uh to get across sometimes very big concepts i think that is the thing that really helped my writing it helped me write my first book it helped me write for game design whether it's D&D or board games mm -hmm. it's always something that I come back to and it's you know be as concise as possible and when it comes to game design like it's really important to be able to get rules across without yeah. being confusing yes. and personally as a game player, my eyes glaze over if I see too many rules oh, in front I, of me. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. When, it, when it's the small <laughs> writing and several columns on a big A2 bit, and you're like, oh, okay, someone else can read this and tell me what's mm -hmm. being yeah, said. Just, just let's, can we just start? <laughs> yeah, I just want to, can I roll? I've rolled. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. So for game design, I think that, you know, that's where I've applied it. And for writing, you know, I I feel like, you know, be as concise as possible. And then when you want to write something a little bit more flowery, then mm -hmm. it stands out. What is the key message you want readers to take away from How to Be More D&D, would you say? I think it's, it's really simply, here is a tool to help you find adventure in your life. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, you just talked about conciseness and you just did it in a sentence. I'm like, yeah, there's the pro at work there. No, and I completely agree. So what are your plans for the future? Do you have any other projects in the works just now that you can talk about? I appreciate you've just you've just had a book published. So you're like, I'm done. Please don't ask me any more stuff. But out of interest, like are you, are you taking a bit of a break now or are you you jumping into the next thing? I am currently, I do have some NDAs, but the things that I could talk about, like I'm currently working on um, Divinity Original Sin, the board game. Ah, um, yes, yes. Uh, so I've been working on that for a while. It's a, it's a project that's, uh, that's wrapping up uh, in the next uh, couple of months. Um, so that's pretty much been taking up, occupying most of my time um, for freelance game design. But I'm mm -hmm. also working on, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill, third edition, just yeah. came out. Uh, well, it came out in Europe earlier this year, but in North America, I think it just, uh, I think it was shown at uh, Gen Con. Gen Con, I think, yeah, just gone. So hopefully the rest of the rest of America can get it. <laughs> yeah, that was very, very fun to work on. Um, yes. I'm also working for, uh, I have a couple of freelance projects uh, with uh, Matt Colville's um, mm organization uh so i have some monsters in flea mortals which was funded oh, on kickstarter yes, yes. yeah exciting very excited stuff. about that Congrats. that's, that's yeah. so exciting yeah and i've got uh something i'm working on for arcadia magazine again so i worked with them before uh monsters of wonderland which was in i think it was in issue 13 
that came mm-hmm. out earlier this year. And then D20 Dames is sort of an ongoing. We just did an online uh, show for Gen Con. Gen Con, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Again, you just you're just plowing through them. You're like, I've just got all these projects on the go. That again, it's very inspiring. But I, I I'm sure you are taking breaks and having some rest as well (laughs) well thank you so much Kat I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and just geek out about your wonderful book and about (laughs) D&D in general and the power of storytelling and this this idea of collaboration and it doesn't matter what age you come to it there's always a spot for you at the table so where can we find your work if you're on social media and where can we get and when will it be out I guess uh, how to be more D&D Sure. Uh, the book comes out on August 23rd, uh, available at pretty much any bookseller. And you can find me at steampunkunicornstudio.com, which is where I do my freelance work. And on socials, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Kat Kruger, K-A-T-K-R-U-G-E-R. Oh, thank you so much, Kat. Like, like I said, I'm, it's, it's definitely one of those books I'm going to definitely keep by me and have a quick read every so often because I think there's so many little little, little tips in there. I recommend it to anyone who's interested in D&D, like you said, whether a veteran or brand new to it, just to try it out because it's it encapsulates everything that we need in D&D and more people should know about it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was really lovely chatting with you. 